Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. And I'm Chris. And we're I Beat It First. Yeah! <laughs> oh, man. Man, this E3 hangover needs to go away. Yeah. I'm yeah. So, like, it was like, we need to get, I need to get something together to drink for this podcast. And I was like, Ugh. I have to drink for this podcast. <laughs> Maybe just one. Uh, that, of course, turned into two. And it turned into whiskey and beer. <laughs> <laughs> I got soju and beer. Oh yeah, nice. nice. Keeping that, keeping that, uh, uh, posh hotel room that we were in alive with the soju party continuing at yep. home. <laughs> Although I'm not really mixing the two in one. Just You're just doing go straight soju, straight soju, and then straight beer because it doesn't really go well with the Huspering Copper State IPA. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Would not recommend it. But that soju is actually not that bad. I did that no. all, the other day, too. Yeah, we were just drinking it straight a lot of the time in the hotel room, so it's yeah. not that bad. Oh, man. Well, uh, I don't know who's got better or worse yet, because I have my flavor, which we did a discussion earlier to try and decide which one Eric was going to do, and we are doing the Jacopo Poli Luce del Vavite Grappa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that my shitty Italian accent did that any type of service. Uh, it's is, worth is, it just to hear you say that name. Yeah, I was fine with it. Is it Italian grappa or is it, it so It is Italian grappa. Okay. Yeah, it is. Oh man. So it and this is actually an old one. Like the the family founded and started doing everything in 1898. Yeah, that's how long ago it started up. <laughs> So it's been a while. Uh, so I'm going to read off. to Italy, though, is like yesterday. <laughs> well, this is true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, with, you know, everything that happened in, you know, World War One, World War Two, <laughs> <laughs> some distilleries and, and vineyards did not make it. Uh, for those of you that don't know what grappa is. I'll read you exactly what I said to Jason and Chris earlier. Oh, I know what grappa is. <laughs> Hang on, but it gets better when you read it the way when you read what I sent to you. Grappa is an alcoholic beverage, a fragrant grape-based pomace brandy of Italian origin that contains 35 to 60 percent alcohol by volume. This particular one is 40 percent alcohol. The flavor of grappa, like that of wine, depends on the type and quality of the grapes used, as well as the specifics of the distillation process. So now I'm going to read you a little excerpt from a. Uh, an article of somebody who went on some grappa tasting. Grappa has been around since the Middle Ages, and for a long time it has been considered a poor man's libation, mainly because all the people who could afford wine were drinking that instead. This so-called <laughs> fire water is certainly one of the more hit-or-miss spirits on the market today. The good stuff, like I had in Venice, is balanced and complex with a flavor profile similar to cognac, only sweeter. While cheaply made grappa, more stems and seeds than grape juice, tastes for the most part like kerosene. All right. <laughs> and I've had grappa about maybe 10 times in my life, and I've yet to have that sweet cognac grappa. I've had only kerosene. So I am excited <laughs> to see what you say. <laughs> to the point where I'm like, if you say that that's anything but kerosene or turpentine, I'm going to be like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in reading a lot of like how you're supposed to drink grappa, and I'm totally not doing it the way that they say it, other than you're supposed to drink it like chilled, but not like ice cold and without any ice or anything like that. Um, a lot of people say, like, mix it in coffee and do all sorts of things. It's a, as it says, it's a digestive, so it's supposed to help with digestion. Some people view it as, like, this end-all, be-all, like, curative 
in Italy. I think that's just a reason to drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the flavor Probably profile... because it tastes like kerosene. <laughs> yes. The flavor profile that I'm supposed to get is a large amount of coffee, anise, and herbs, as well as grape, floral, plums, figs, dry, and fruit. So I am taking the top off of this. Let's see how this smells to me. Doesn't smell like kerosene. Definitely like smell coffee and and like herbs. I don't know specifically if I could smell anise, but all right. Pour it in. Alrighty. And bottoms up. <laughs> Prost. It almost tastes like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so this must be the really, really good stuff. Um, because this one, as I've looked up online, a bottle of grappa, a bottle of this grappa goes for like eighty dollars a bottle. Yeah, it's um, pretty high. But that we, could just be the importing and whatnot. I've like it could be. However, this is from the the same liquid gold uh, one that I have that the Glenfarclas. 21-year-old scotch that's in it is $120, and the Eldorado 21-year-old special reserve rum is $103. So this is a, I guess you would say it's a more high-end one. I'm going to make sure I get all these little drops out of here. <laughs> and I, I, it's, it's not that bad. I, can, I, th- I think I can sip this. Gross. It's not too bad. The g- you're lucky, I guess, but I just can't stand grappa. This one is okay. I am pretty certain that you are correct that there are some that are definitely like kerosene, but you can see it's even got like some almost whiskey coloring. Yeah, I I don't remember any of mine ever having a nice coloring, so that could be a little bit of it too. It's not bad. <laughs> um, would I specifically pay $80 for a bottle of grappa? Um, if I had to drink grappa, yes. Otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> I would probably buy scotch or gin over this. Uh, and I, of course, then also have a coffee colch on standby. Hey, but at least now you've had it. I can now say that I've had grappa, and I'm pretty certain that the warmer it gets, the more like kerosene it's going to taste. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it, it, it definitely, uh, at 80% alcohol, this is, a, uh, or 40% alcohol. 80 proof this is uh i can definitely taste alcohol now <laughs> as it's warmed up a little bit since it's been out but anyways uh jason what are you drinking i am drinking oh wait sorry i totally forgot to do the thing that is from flavor uh as we've said before this is a uh this one's my personal flavor that i paid for uh but we do have one that flavor has given to us that kind of makes around between the other two guys uh and we pick and choose what tasting boxes um we did listen to a podcast that used Flavier, and they didn't quite understand what the service was. They thought that they spent, you know, like a hundred and something bucks and only got the one taster. And you get one taster for every quarter that you are on Flavier, uh, as well as free shipping and access to a lot of pretty high-end and good hooch, sometimes at really good deals. Uh, but you can access Flavier, which is a invite-only setup, by using our personal invite. Go to flavier.com exclusive and use code IBIF to gain access to Flavier. Um, and like I said, this particular taster that I've got, like everything's like 80 to $130, $120. So this is, they've got some really, really good ones. And you can get some that have some really high-end Japanese whiskey in there too, if you want that. Neat. And then I think Chris is doing like a beer whiskey one too. So they got plenty of options. They seem to be more pushed towards the whiskey side, which is fine with me, but there's plenty of other stuff that is Oh, there's a lot. Like I had the Je ne sais quoi one which had one of my, actually two of my favorite gins that I've had in a very, very long time in that one. So 
Yeah, I I would definitely recommend it. Just if you if you're a guy that you know wants to try some high end stuff without having to shell out like a hundred bucks a bottle, this is actually a really good deal in my opinion. That's the thing that I like the most about it is just that you can try these high end bottles without having to shell out or wait for someone or going on a buying pool, which is what I used to do right. with all of us in the past. Is we'd mm-hmm. all like chip in twenty bucks and we'd buy a bottle and we'd kill that bottle. Well. By the end of that bottle, we wouldn't remember what the fuck it tasted like. So it was like, hey, that was fun. But and then you get way. all the friends that, like, you know, as you're as you're like two drinks in, then people start arguing about how they haven't had enough and so on right. and so forth. It's like, well, I didn't get my share. He had bigger <laughs> pores than me. And it's like this. Be a big boy. Get your own tasting. All right, yep. what are you drinking, G? I am drinking a nondescript whiskey that is nothing special, but I just because I wanted a little bit of a, a little, little taste, a little nip. And then on the other side, I am drinking uh, The Streets by Trillium Brewing Company out of Boston. Um, it is an IPA. There's like no information on this can other than a really dope-ass label. So I, don't, I couldn't tell you jack shit about it. Let me see other that than, label. Let me see that label. It's pretty cool. It looks like The Streets. Oh yeah, it looks like an overhead like image of like a drawing. Like someone took Google Earth and then drew Google Earth. <laughs> right. Well, it's it it's one of their limited runs. I, they probably don't even have it like that you can get right now anymore. But um, fantastic IPA. Trillium just makes such good beer. Every time I'm out in Boston, I just have to stop by, and this is one I've been holding on to for a while because it's dope. Awesome. Um, so I guess we'll start and go on into news and the is like. Is Chris not drinking? He already he oh, said yeah. what he was drinking. Oh, he did? Yeah. yeah. Where the fuck did it Soju and, and uh, <laughs> Copper State IPA. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I remember him saying that. I don't know why. I was just like, it doesn't count. You said it once, Chris. Chris is saying what he's drinking. <laughs> but, but we got to, like, announce it. <laughs> <laughs> we, no talk idea. About, we need to talk about more. That's good podcasting. Yes. That's good. No, it's not. No, it's horrible. <laughs> don't listen. Podcasting 101, listen to people. <laughs> podcasting 102, don't listen to your fellow podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we spent five straight days in LA. Six, technically. Six, uh, because yep. the sixth six. day we will talk about in just a second. Going over E3 in Boy, oh boy, did we go through a lot. We uh, went through so much. If you don't know, uh, we did a podcast for every uh, night of us being in E3, covering just about absolutely everything that we touched on. Um, some of them are great, some of them are loud, some of them are just drunken messes, but they are there. If you made it through, fantastic. Thank you very much for being a super fan. If not, that's okay. We're going to cover a little bit of the stuff today again, too, so that you get like the best of uh, uh, E3 going on right now. And then we'll also make a few corrections that we went through uh, and other stuff that we wanted to add on. And if you didn't listen, go back and give, give some of them a listen. Day 2 apparently is a huge hit with everybody as it has garnered double the amount of listens as everything else. Which is but, cool. Day two is a cool, yep. cool day. Yeah, it's so you know if you, if you go ahead and give it a listen, everybody. Uh, we've got a lot of info that goes in there. Uh, day one was shoot. Day one was Microsoft and PC gaming I, show. P, no, PC gaming oh, show was day two. Bethesda? Day one, yeah, Microsoft, Bethesda. Bethesda. Microsoft and Bethesda. Uh, and day two was PC gaming show, AMD, Square Enix, a whole bunch of press conferences. Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Beyond um, then, Blue. We had a special. Yeah, thing. we had a we had a. a uh, behind closed doors thing with Beyond Blue, uh, and then 
days three, four, and five were all show floor. And it was a lot of show floor, a lot of behind, uh, behind in like the meeting rooms, viewings and playthroughs and everything. So I uh, highly recommend going back and listening. Um, we've got just pages and pages of shit that we talked about. It was dope. But, it was a yeah. great experience. It was so much work. Please yes. go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put a lot of work in, even though we were drinking a lot. Um, we're talking really, really, really long fucking days. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you, for everybody, for, for following us. Uh, we I've seen over that we've picked up uh, quite a few additional, like, uh, subscribers on on like Spotify and some of our other sets. So thank you everybody for listening and uh, joining in on the shenanigans. Now, as I said, we did technically six days of E3 because on the sixth day before we headed back to Phoenix, Arizona, we stopped at Funktronic Labs in Pasadena. Yep, Pasadena. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I just drove there. I didn't pay attention to what city I was in. Yeah, we took E3 to the developers. Yes. Yes. Uh, which we were like one of like three or four people there visit viewing different projects, which was kind of cool because there were there were a few other people in there, uh, a couple other developers, uh, one other website that was in there as well too. But we were able to get our hands and by scheduling this prior to E3, it made it so that we didn't have to stop at the Oculus booth and try the new Oculus system, <laughs> the Oculus Quest, because we knew that we were going to get our hands on the Oculus Quest and be able to play around with that on Friday. But we were able to play Fuji by Funktronics Labs. And that should be out in a couple of weeks, I think, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks. And by God, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a game, but it is an amazing VR experience. It is a great yeah. experience. And I think, I think Every, everything should... the Unreal Garden wasn't, this was. Yes. Right. Oh my God. If you listen <laughs> to day fuck. five, Unreal think, Garden was I a think, clusterfuck. I think what we need to do is we just need to back it up a little bit and actually go into detail what the actual Oculus Quest is. Because I don't think everyone's going to know off the top of their head yes. what that means. How's so we, got, we have a twofold thing. One, we can talk about the Oculus Quest and review what we think of the Oculus Quest, uh, which obviously isn't as powerful as getting a regular Oculus um, because it's not going to be connected up to your computer or anything like that. So it's like a really high-powered cell phone, like super high-powered cell phone rather than some of the earlier Galaxy S's. Uh, But it's geared specifically towards doing VR, so there's not a lot of other stuff uh, going around with it. Um, it does head tracking and everything directly from the directly from the headset, as well as using actual controllers, which is what you need a real VR experience to be. Um, if you don't have the controllers, the VR experience can be weird and jarring, and you don't really have anything to to mimic what your hands are. Um, and as I believe that we all said, the Oculus Quest is what the Oculus should have been when it was first released. Sorry, Jason is trying on as much E3 swag as he can in the camera while I'm talking. And I think I did a pretty good job of not laughing at that. Apparently, you, did, you, you find really yourself good. funnier than I do. You did, you did fantastically. Yes. But um, you are 100% right that the Oculus Quest is honestly 
what the Oculus should have originally released as, because without the wires, without all the jazz going on, it makes itself way more accessible and way more user-friendly than the, the daunting requirements that a regular Oculus or Vive or anything like that uh, does have with it, uh, including the higher buy-in price. I thought the cameras in it were pretty cool, too, so you can actually see when you're not in the total VR space, you can actually see where you're looking. Now, I see didn't the get a chance your hands. to see how well that worked because mine was set in uh, mine was set in in stationary mode, so it didn't activate the camera. Like well, if you kind of leaned out of that, oh no, I tried. Camera? I, okay, I tried everything that you guys were saying, and I'm like, no, it's not. It, it's not activating. I think because it was, I was supposed to be like stationary and wasn't wasn't going to be moving around. Okay, it, and one thing it kind of did when I had it was it showed me which was the left and the right controller. Oh, that's cool. Like, it was kind of cool. So. Like, okay, I got them in the right hands. You mean considering right you hands. had them backwards and in the wrong hands? Yeah. Well, no, they were actually in the right hands. They were just backwards, <laughs> which was the way he handed to me. And I'll note, it is different than my Rift controllers because the loop is on the opposite side on the Rift controllers. They flipped that around. Which is probably why he handed them to you that way. Yep. Uh, the Oculus Quest is a new piece, so they... The person that normally uses them wasn't in yet because he was probably sleeping still, like yeah, a normal person. Shit after show E3. of, of E three. <laughs> um, the cam- the front camera was good. It just wasn't very detailed. So I mean, it's just there to really just be like to show you the environment, not meant to be like really. I don't know how well they could get with the augmented reality setup on that. Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with that. It's primarily there so that you can make sure you don't bump into shit if you're using right for safety, which is better than yeah. anything else. I mean, oh yeah, because, because my can... my PSVR, I have stepped into the coffee table, I've stepped into the credenza underneath my underneath my uh, television, I've crossed over cables, I've stepped on my eighty pound lab, um, I've almost walked into my kid. <laughs> like <laughs> you use any of those things, and you can't see shit, and you're oblivious to anything around you. And I think that having that camera is amazing so we played fuji and fuji is garden simulator yeah garden simulator exploration slash slight puzzle slash meditation (laughs) it's all of those things and every one of them done well if you would have told me this game, like like when they were describing it to me, I was just like, ah, sounds like a snooze fest. Who gives a fuck and stuff like that? <laughs> like, I'll check it out, whatever. I'm here already, right? The second made I got the trip. Into that, yeah, right. Made it came out or whatever. The second I put that on and started playing it, I was immediately engrossed. Like, and yes. I was so glad we were there, like specifically for this game, just because they're like, oh, take as much time as you want. I really yeah. just fucking did everything. I could have spent hours in this game just because it was. So relaxing, definitely needed after E3, and then it just had enough to keep you going, and enough little small Easter eggs that you could find that was just like, oh, that's funny, like there's little little bunny guys jumping around, and I was like, I wonder if I can grab that, and you can, and then you can yeah. hold it in your hand, and you're just like, yay, little bunny guy, and then you throw it around, and it was just so much fun to be in a nice little VR space, so it wasn't like anything, I could turn around, I could keep doing 360 moves, all kinds of stuff like that, just because I wasn't tethered by anything. And it was just so calming and, and great. It was fun. Yeah, it was. I thought it worked extremely well. Um, graphically, it's not like a powerhouse or anything like that. But, but it, it doesn't crisp, need to be. It yeah. does what it it does what it needs to be. Um, and God, it was just so much fun collecting seeds, <laughs> and then taking them back to your boat, and then getting on your boat and going back to your little garden to plant the seeds. And I played it for shit almost like forty five minutes, I think. Yeah, we were yeah, doing you played it for a while. while. Being the shit off flowers, making music. 
Yep. Yes, that was cool. <laughs> uh, you also they also have mechanics to where you use the two different controllers and you like like you pull a vine down and you have to grab a spot, then grab another spot and grab another spot, all to grab like a little little energy orb at the top of the vine, which is really cool. I personally I think that it's amazing. Um, I hope that everybody that has a Rift or any Oculus device gets a chance to play this. Definitely will because I think it. it's it's coming yep. out on the Quest and on the and the regular Oculus Rift. Um, and yeah, I think that they said that if you buy it, you get cross buy between the regular Oculus and the Oculus Quest, yeah, which so is cool. Yep. So if you own both, then you get it on both platforms. Or if you own an Oculus and then you end up buying an Oculus Quest, then you get it on that. Um, which, by the way, Oculus Quest also had uh, uh, Moss at launch as well. So yep. that's two really good games that you can get for your Oculus Quest. Do we know off the top of your head, and I'm sh- sorry if I'm springing this on you, um, do you know how much the Quest is? Three ninety nine, if I remember right. Sounds just about right for a nice high-powered phone, basically, in front of your face with the uh, augmented camera. and Yeah, three ninety nine. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, and controller. The three ninety nine price point to get in and not have to worry about your PC. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it's, I it's way better than what you get with your uh, like we said than what you'll get with your Samsung Gear VR. Um, it is a much more comfortable headset. Uh, oh, yeah. It does use the camera for doing AR uh, type stuff as well. Uh, Sixty four gigs of built in memory. Um, and I don't have anything that's really showing me like performance, like what the processor that's in it is, but it's supposed to last for quite a while. So I think that's great. Um, and rechargeable obviously. So that it's got a battery pack built in and so on and so forth. Uh, I would definitely, if you, if you've been thinking about VR and you don't have a PlayStation, then this would be the be- the second best solution. The PSVR is still best if you have a PlayStation because if you have a PS4, it's only or a like killer PC. Yeah, yep. or a killer PC. Um, then I would recommend going with the PSVR over this. But if you don't have one, like let's say you have an Xbox, buy this. It's a great unit. Gets you into Definitely. that VR space. Way more accessible. Way more yep. fun and easy to use. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, and. And this game was just fantastically fun. Yeah, too. it's, it's so shockingly enjoyable. I just hope that it makes its way to PSVR because I don't have an Oculus. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that Chris is going to get it when it comes out, though, aren't you, Chris? The Quest? No. No. Fuji. <laughs> Podcasting 101. <laughs> yeah, good job, Chris. Way to pay attention. You're amazing. I'm already on that 102 step. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, so while we were there... We also played Star Bear Pro Waterboarding. <laughs> Say the real name. I don't want to. I don't want to either. Wave Break. Wave Break. Wave Break. Star Bear Wave Break. <laughs> but apparently they all love waterboarding as oh, yeah. well. They all love pro waterboarding. They just and couldn't get it to pass any standards. And it gets on everything as you know, a negative <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, yeah. They had pro waterboarding as a Twitter handle, and it made it 24 hours before it got flagged by a Twitter robot. <laughs> <laughs> pro waterboarding. You think someone's even, just like, not today, terrorist bastard. Well, it even <laughs> had the picture of like of Star Bear on there, and like like exactly like what it was. Nope, got taken down immediately. Not today, nope. you damn furry ba- terrorist bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Star Bear pro waterboarding. Me. 
uh, or Wave Break, is a game that's been in development. Uh, it, they're hoping to have it finally released in Q1 of 2020, but we gave it an award last year at E3, which is why we didn't give it an award this year, because it didn't come out. Uh, we only give awards once. If you didn't get your game out within that year time span, too bad, so sad, you don't get a second one. Uh, but it is Tony Hawk meets Miami Vice meets <laughs> Cute Bears and Penguins and whatnot and it is and, and wave race and gta yeah and gta yep. it is insane <laughs> if you love tony hawk this is just like the next step i mean that's the whole game is basically a tony hawk game but set in water with boats and as ridiculous as that sounds already it's true you then add and in multiplayer and multiplayer. Yep. Uh, you then add in a ridiculous storyline that's around Miami Vice kind of styling, uh, um, including like crime and guns for some reason, and you get like an all-around experience. But the best thing that I enjoyed so much is that you can do multiplayer Tony Hawk style like tournaments where you're trying to outdo tricks and stuff like that. But you can you earn money by doing tricks, and you can use that money to buy guns to then fucking shoot everyone else to keep them from keeping long combos to buy bigger like guns to buy bigger <laughs> yes. guns because you start with a you start with basically like a glock and then you can buy shotguns and shit like that right and so it, and <laughs> it added so much more complexity and sanity and obviously we're, we're playing with the devs at this time they're pulling oh off like God. multi-million combos and shit like 15 that 15 million is their highest good lord i think and, the and highest so that he hit was like 28 million with us like the three of us are like getting like three thousand those are like yeah. our highest <laughs> I think like I was that. lucky if I got that. I think, yeah, exactly. I think you got like eight once. <laughs> Whatever. Just <It> was, randomly. <laughs> I, just I haven't played a Tony Hawk game in forever, and I also still never really played them, even when I did play them back before. So it's not. it wasn't entirely surprising to me that I sucked balls at making you know Tony Hawk-style tricks. But God, and some amazing stuff. And showing how complex and how great they've made uh, just balancing when you're grinding to where you can do an infinite grind as long as you continually balance it. But the more that you put it into the red, which is closer to teetering off, the higher your multiplier goes, the longer that you hold it there. Yeah, yeah like I think it's the faster so you go many. too. Yeah, and the faster you go too. Tons of so. little hidden things, tons of little ge uh, gems to really increase your score. And I think that speedrunners and score junkies would have like a field day with this oh, game. Oh yeah, this... When this game comes out, it's going to be all over Twitch for at least a solid month. And then bannering over Twitch just because that's how Twitch works. But I think that there's still going to be a following to this game of people that want to play it. Um, and hopefully they pick up a really good uh, publisher for this and they get it onto platforms, which I think will be awesome. It's got my seal of approval. I'm yep. surprised that Sony hasn't picked it up yet because Sony picked up the, the publishing for, uh, for Star Bear Taxi the vr but that might just be because it was a vr game yeah maybe they're looking for to get those as much out as possible yeah the wait list be. isn't as long type thing <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah super fun game even if you don't play tony hawk games it, it was fun the entire time that we played it and i wonder wonder it like because there's no like tony hawk games out right now that i can think nope. of that have any kind of like professional competitive aspects to them so i mean there's there's definitely some a, a niche here that could be filled yeah and the only reason that the tony hawk games stopped being made was that they just tried focusing too much on graphics well never soft went to the ea graveyard that too yeah so you know shitty 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 Coca -Cola. but anywho um so i hope that that game comes out sometime 
in the near future and that it comes out on something other than just PC. But if not, hey, PC players pick that game up when it comes out. Uh, like I said, that is Starboard Pro Waterboarding as we prefer it, but it is Wave Break. And you can look wish it up. Wishlist it on Steam. Do what? Wishlist it on Steam. Yeah, you can wishlist it on Steam. There you go. And huge thank you to everyone there for letting us come in and hang out with them and show us all their stuff. It was great to meet you all and I greatly appreciate the time for us to just hang out and check out your jazz. Yeah, follow Functronic on uh, Twitter um, and all of the social media platforms so you can find some information of the different games that they're working on and games that they've published. They've got a bunch of like smaller games that they've published, but they're all generally fun and a little bit cutesy, but cutesy in a psychopathic way. Cutesy with yes. murder. Well, <laughs> Starbearer Pro- Star Taxi was you as a bear driving around a Jetson-style like, like puttering craft as a taxi being attacked by a raccoon DJ that hurled bombs and spikes at you. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we'll lead off now with going into uh, our top fives of E3. No, I, I agree. I think I think if we gave them all a little bit more in depth of why we gave them our top fives, uh, I, I feel like that when we talked about them on our last podcast, um, I was three sheets and well. could. <laughs> Well, then we talked about them more in depth. So the the way that we did it was the last podcast we we went over just like these are the ones we gave awards to, but we went more in depth on them on the individual podcasts over the over the course of the four to five days that you know they were right. in. Yeah, we definitely so, talked about them all, and I'm sure that everyone will be kind of sick to death of hearing about them. But come on, guys, they're the top five for a reason for each of us. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, so in no particular order, I guess I'll go first. Sure. Um, Dragon Ball Kakarot, which is the open world ARPG that they're developing and is coming out in, oh God, it's coming out in September, is that right? Oh Jesus, uh, I didn't write down any it's release co- dates. It's coming down, I, I have it written down somewhere in here, but Dragon Ball Kakarot, look it up. Um, what's great about it is that it's open world, but not like completely open world. It's not like a Grand Theft Auto but you can fly around and do all sorts of weird little side quests. Uh, they're going to follow Goku in the entire Dragon Ball Z saga from what they've said, um, which means that you'll go through from Raditz to Boo, which is awesome in my opinion. And they might and they might be able to expand it to include like a lot of the Dragon Ball Super stuff where you get into Battle of the Gods, Resurrection F, uh, maybe even go into the, the Universal Tournament, um, which I think would be really cool. Um, but It'd be dope if they cover the movies too. Yes, it would be dope if they covered some of the movies. Um, the good movies, though, not like the <laughs> Dead Zone, and <laughs> but you know, like Fusion Reborn. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind fighting Janemba with Gogeta, which I think Janemba, would be dope. Janemba. Um, well, I mean, you got to remember too that even the worst movie was worse, was horrible because there was like eighty minutes in a ninety-minute movie of filler. Yes, this is true. So when you're just rushing through and able to kind of control the battle on your own aspect. I think that's that's going to be a little bit better. And, and you know, on that note, I'll, I'll kind of chime in here of what I liked about it as much is that the open world aspect it was a little mm, to me. I, I'm kind of nervous on how empty or full they'll make it. Obviously, still very pre-alpha and stuff like that. That's not any kind of a finished product. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I say that is because I wanted to talk on how awesome the battle was. And if you liked any of the old school, not old school, but on the Wii, the Nintendo Wii, there was a few Tenkaichi Dragon Ball games. Tenkaichi Bodokai and stuff like that. Oh, that were just so spot on with their like over-the-top battle system and how it worked. And you just felt like epic as shit when you pulled off some moves and all kinds of stuff like yep. that. 
this does a great job of that. And Kakarot also does a great job of being like, hey, when you go up against a guy in story mode, you know, the whole point of this is that you're going up a major challenge. You're not OP. You can't go Super Saiyan God. Yeah, no, they're OP. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're not OP. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I said, yeah, go, they're OP. You, you are. You can't go Super Saiyan God, you know, right off the bat against Raditz or and shit like that. Yeah. So you're going to get He can't even go KO Ken. Yeah, you can't even go KO Ken, and, and so you're going to get your ass handed to you unless you play smart or play with what abilities you have. And so yep. it had a nice little feeling of just like, oh, man, I just want to, like, kill this guy, but you still had to fight him. So it's, it's an interesting concept. The, they're beautiful battles, and I'm really excited to see what comes out future. I will reiterate the, the one thing that I did not like that I hope that they fix um, in the long term is the flight mechanic. Um, it just, I hate having to use my R1 and R2 to, to descend and and rise as opposed to just being able to point, you know, and use my right thumbstick where I want it to go as opposed to having to like raise up. So I hope that they fix that. Um, something that I didn't really like too much in Xenoverse and it works less here in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't really like that either. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason, we'll let you do one. Oh, Jesus. Uh, um, I'll go with the safe one off the bat. Uh, Doom Eternal. <laughs> Loved the fuck out of Doom 2016. And this is just more of that. I mean, they didn't... They kind of just looked at it and was just like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, mentality. Let's just add more shit to it and make it more along the twitchy side of, hey, you want to pull off combos, you want to do different stuff as much as possible, not just crazy shooting as pos- as much as possible like do the Doom 2016 was. Yes. So it was way and more And there's of a no combo regular uh, ammo drops. You right. have to mur- you have to murder everybody in different ways in order to get different ammo, health, shield, like everything. They want you to yep. they want you to become ingenious in your murdering of demons and how you do your finishing moves and all stuff like that. So yep. um I'm kind of nervous about that. I I'm not big when people try to turn FPS is into more of an arcadey feel, which that kind of has a little bit of a, a aspect to it. But it was just so much fun, and I, 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 we didn't get to play it like that long, only like the 20 minutes or whatever for the demo and jazz like that. But it was so much fun in that 20 minutes; it went by in a flash. So I think that it'll just be fine. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, I, th- I think that it was an amazing game. Um, it looks beautiful. Music is still there, which is mm-hmm. awesome the big part. because that's yep. what we want. Uh, the music is always amazing in the Doom series. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that game coming out and probably me sucking ass for quite a while at it because it definitely is a learning curve for learning, you know, that sped up gameplay style. Chris, do you have anything that you'd like to say? Uh, I mean, I really loved the fast pace of it. The um, double barrel shotgun was fucking rad as fuck of just being able to grappling hook onto a guy, pull yourself up to him and then blast his face off. That was true, yeah. A lot less downtime in this game. A lot more of just, like, if you're not killing somebody every second, you're doing it wrong. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You're going to have a bad time if you're not killing someone. (laughs) That's right. All right, Chris, you want to go ahead and do one now? Sure, I'll do a... Let's go with Darksiders Genesis. Um, This was a game they just announced, and we're still able to play it, which was awesome. Um, It's kind of like a Diablo style, but would be the closest thing I say to it, but... You're a little more free in your movement. You got double jump and a glide mechanic. You can jump between levels rather than just having to run down your P-turn map. You can actually hot swap between two characters that we had in the demo. So if you want to go more 
big ass sword or you know firing off your two handguns absolutely i have no idea what you were just doing jason oh i was waving to my wife i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden jason just both hands go up in the air and he starts like waving as if someone's got a shotgun at him it looks like like, no stop don't talk (laughs) oh man i thought genesis was fun um it is definitely like a lot of people are like, oh, it's Diablo. It does not play like Diablo. Um, it it plays like a mixture of a, a twin stick shooter and a platformer and, God, I don't know what else. Well, it's Darksiders, just an isometric view. I mean, it, you have yeah. your combos, you have your special abilities. You don't have nearly as many special abilities so far as what it looks like like Diablo does, where it's not about how you use your combos, just about how you use your special abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darksiders is more about like, hey, you want to make sure you're getting your combos in that you can then finish off with a special ability. Or, you know, if you do a jump move, that'll be different than if you do like just a run at the move or, you know, different ways that you can use it, but more like a fighter Diablo style. I like and that. And Diablo with yep. a jump button is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> jump, jump button makes all the difference in the world. It's worth the award just for that. Yeah. So that comes out uh, sometime in 2019. They haven't gotten an exact release date for it, but sometime this year, which is great for something that just got announced right before E3. So yeah, look polished, look clean. Them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next was for me would be Code Vein, um, which if you don't know what Code Vein is, take a Souls game and turn it into a vampire anime and add a shit ton of Japanesing being to it. Yes, <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> Japanize everything. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's fun. Um, there's a lot of different weapons that you can switch to, just like just like in a, any other Souls game. Um, and I think the hardest part about it is when you look at it, you think it's like a standard just hack and slash, and then you have to get back into the mindset that this is a Souls game, and it is a it is a complex game to play. Uh, and master at least from everything that i've seen and from what we played uh i think it's going to be a great game though i love the shit out of it it looks beautiful it played well it handled well um it's basically going to be dark souls with an actual story that you don't have to look up on the internet which i think is great um (laughs) or read in items for some reason yeah or read in items read the flavor text for some reason uh in order to learn story um but it it was fun to play. Um, the mechanics on it seem to be pretty damn solid. They have this is the second E three that we've seen it at, um, and it did definitely clean up a lot more than it did last year. Absolutely, so it felt a lot better than than last year. So much control and customization you have too. There's there's a lot more tactics to it. I think that if you are a major Souls fan, but you just don't like the style of Souls or Bloodborne or anything like that, where it's just medieval or all that jazz. And grimy um, looking. And, and grimy, yeah. I mean, yep. this one's bright. I mean, it's still demons and shit like that, but it's it's more anime style, and it'll definitely have a different feel to it. Like Eric said, um, I my biggest problem was that I would just go into it and be like, I'm just going to do all these combos, and I'd end up getting my ass kicked. So you had to constantly keep reminding myself. I was just like, no, no watch keep 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 a point of the hitbox you know and stuff like that like a typical souls game yep all right jason uh for me next was uh kill a kill if yeah yes uh kill a kill if you don't know is 
quite possibly one of the most lewd, ridiculous uh, animes uh, out there. Made Without by the actually people. trying to be Without lewd. actually trying to be. It, it made by the same people that did Gurren Lagann, so it follows the same, like, constantly escalating storyline of, like, humble beginnings, and then it ends up that you're saving the entire universe because of whatever reason. And I don't really <laughs> want to go into... Plot. Yeah, because of plot. I don't really want to go into any reasoning as to why or the plot, because there's a lot of twists and turns to it to watch the anime if you want to. But uh, because of the reasonings of the plot, everyone that is a hero has to wear an extremely skimpy outfit. <laughs> yep. So um, besides plot. all of that, if you can get past all of that stuff like that, what you have is an amazing 3D anime-style fighter. It's super accessible, by, too. And it's made by uh, Arc System Works. Which is yes. the same people have done, uh, Jesus. Dragon Ball oh, Fighters. Dra- thank you, Fighters. I was like, the other one. <laughs> and another fighting game that I gave an award to as well that we'll get to in a minute. And um, they just know what they're doing when it comes to fighters, so it feels extremely balanced and fun. The thing that I liked a lot more about this one than other fighters I've played is it's extremely easily to get into like a beginner a fighting beginner can get into it and start pulling off some moves get down the basic mechanics and be able to fight someone without feeling like they're just going to get owned completely without knowing what they're doing um unless you choose the the empress or whatever that i chose if you would have learned a little bit more you would have if i would have learned a little bit more because i did start picking up on on her and and got pretty close so (laughs) um there's a whole lot that that's fun about that it's beautiful the the animation style is just so spot on to the anime and you know there's a there's a a, a taunting system that will break completely in the middle of a fight and you have to do like a mini mini game of paper rock scissors to decide on who's going to outcome from the taunt, and that does a little sword fight thing. It's really well done, and, and I had so much fun playing it. I think it's the game that I went back and played multiple times the most of all E3. I mean, typically we don't play multiple games multiple times, but mm-hmm. we were lucky enough that when we were there checking it out, that no one else was there checking it out. So it's just like, fuck yeah, I'll keep playing. This is dope. Yeah, so, yeah it was in the back corner of the Sega booth. Right. So it's kind of hidden a little bit of a gem. I don't know. Either way, I don't care. It was awesome. And it's a, it's, it's a 3D, but unlike Fighters, it actually has a 3D space that you mm-hmm. move around in, which was cool. Um, it basically used the same engine as Fighters, but proving that Fighters was a 3D uh, game and Arc System Works, as we've talked about before, they do uh, shit. Um, Guilty Blue. Gear X, Blast Blue, like they they've got a pedigree in hardcore fighters. So that was one of the reasons why we were super excited when Fighters got it, when Dragon Ball Fighters got announced, because we we're like, oh yeah, this is a company that can make a great fighting Dragon Ball game. Yeah, they definitely know what they're doing when it comes to anime fighting games. <clears throat> definitely. All right, Chris, you're next. Alright, my next one's Bless Unleashed, which is an MMO, free-to-play MMO for the Xbox One. Hopefully it comes to other systems because I thought it looked gorgeous and every character class is DPS, so you can play solo if you want. Um, and rather than just like spamming abilities like you do like a regular MMO, it's more combo-based. So it's a lot more action. You're, you're blocking, you're dodging, rolling out of the way, you're hitting A five times and then B or Y, different kind of combo moves to try to take down your foes. Yeah, it was like a little bit more of like an MMO ARPG. Yeah. Which yeah. I played it. I thought it was fun. Um, it, like I said when we when we did it or when we talked about this during the regular podcast is that I picked it up and didn't realize that I had a magic caster and not a spearhead, like a spear person because I picked up somebody else's game. So it took me 
a few minutes to get used to, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be casting magic from a distance. But once I figured that out, the game worked really well. And like, like you said, Chris, the dodging and everything for it was actually pretty pretty well done as far as mechanically goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it, because the way we played it was just in solo. So I'm kind of interested to see how it works as an MMO. We were playing with yeah. other players. I think it'll work a lot better as an actual MMO. Um, this is a free-to-play game, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So as a free-to-play game, I 100% agree with you that the it's very beautiful and the style behind it's very good. I, for one, found combat very clunky. So this is a good case in scenario where each of us actually has our own group of awards that we like to give away, and it's our choice. We don't, it's not ha- it doesn't have to be a unanimous decision, which is kind of nice because we all have our own styles and play styles of what we like to do in gaming. So. Um, I don't think I, I don't I don't think I would have liked it as much. Uh, I found it clunky, but I agree with you with everything else that you've said. And me personally, I wouldn't have given it an award per se, but I liked it enough that I wasn't going to argue with Chris about it, of telling that he was dumb for choosing it because it was still fun. <laughs> We're all fighting now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I thought I thought it was still a very very fun game, and uh, as you were saying, Chris, that everybody's DPS. There's not like you have to have a you have to have a tank you have to have a healer like everybody can do a lot of different things so that you can go in about this game solo as opposed to having to have a party. Yes, people, people do fucking suck. You know what? Suck. It's worth the award just for making that point. <laughs> Playing MMOs can suck really bad. Do you like massive multiplayer but hate? Multiplayer? <laughs> Do we have the game for you? Do, we have the Do you game like just massive? For you. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, um, I give an award to Grand Blue Versus, which, uh, as we just said, is another fighting game from Arc System Works uh, taking place in the Grand Blue Fantasy universe. Um, for a group of guys that aren't massive on fighters, uh, fighters. fighters. we're just like, all over this anime fighter tit, like, like yes. crazy. And, well, you know what? It, and it comes down to it, just Arxism Works did a great job on making these games look gorgeous to yes. the aesthetic. And this one was the animation style. It was a pure 2D. The animation yep. style was just spot Yeah, on. like a 2.5D, much like Fighters is. Um, and as we talked about, like one of the things that I really loved is that you take the, the Dragon Ball um, color palette, and it can be kind of muted. Because there's a lot of browns and then like greens and some blues, and you get some good blasts. This one, because of the way that Grand Blue Fantasy is, and there's so much magic and whatnot used in Grand Blue Fantasy, the anime, that they went just over the top in colors, and it's not a bad over the top. It is a it is a beautiful game, um, and they even have like everyone's got different uh, different fighting styles, and unlike fighters, this isn't a super fast paced fighting game um everything's much more deliberate uh everyone's got their own special move set that you fight with um and it is definitely a a more fun kind of more technical fighting game without like the super high-end combos and stuff like that but there's a lot of different like forward dodge back rolls all sorts of stuff you can roll through an enemy they definitely made it much more uh Technical yeah, in technical. the dodging side. Yeah. You had to be technical, more, technical, technical, technical. Yeah, yeah. Very, to be very more technical, clear technical. With what you were doing, where <laughs> in in Kill a Kill is just like fuck it, just go. <laughs> yeah, you have to be very mindful of dodges. Like in a lot of cases, it's like blocks, but you have blocks and dodges that you have to be extremely mindful in this game uh, to make sure because you could like you can go in for an attack 
they can dodge, roll past you, and attack you from behind all within a quick move set, which I thought was dope. It was a great game. Uh, highly recommend it. It should be coming out within the next couple of months, if I remember right. It's like end of August. Um, they had a beta already to test the online capabilities and make sure that they had everything dialed in for that. Um, so that you, you know, you could see like the, you could see any wavering that they had from frame rate and stuff like that, just like what they did with fighters. Um, so it's getting really close to coming out and this was a fantastic fighting game. Your turn, Jason. Oh, geez. Uh, I'll go with another, uh, safe one here and that is Borderlands 3. And Borderlands for me is just one of my favorite games of all times. One, two, like, and I'm sure three because it plays just as familiar and same as two but they fixed a lot of the like silly things that two did and gave you just so much more customization not in your character but in how you play the game and i think that's so dope but really uh one of the things that wowed me the most was that fucking booth man like that booth that they had set up was just gorgeous uh it was easily one of the biggest booths in uh, uh, at E3 this year, and the screens that they had surrounding the entire thing were just those individual LED panels that you can like pop out and move around and stuff like that. So it was a totally modular uh, screen that they had, and it was so crisp and beautiful. And I also really enjoyed the fact that while it had music and a demo role playing, it wasn't over the top loud. <laughs> it was and it wasn't like, that same. Yeah, it was. What the fuck was that name? It was that was for Battleborn. Battleborn. I forget what the it game. I forget the what the song was. Yeah. But oh yeah. Yeah. God. That was also so one of the same people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. It was yeah. bad. It was so annoying because it wasn't. It wasn't just like you're standing there. You could hear. You could hear it from half a hall away. And oh yeah. It was blasting. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. They definitely. All you heard was that. For Gearbox to finally come back out on the show floor, they they definitely upped their game and learned their lesson from last time and just made it. Hey play the game the game will speak for itself and i am so pumped to play it more so pumped that i've been playing borderlands 2 again this last week when since we got home so (laughs) same here (laughs) it's been fun again but finally uh, transferred my save data from my ps3 to my ps4 hey so that i can can play the handsome collection right and And plus they have that free uh, dlc that just uh, released too so if you're a big borderlands fan play the free dlc that just came out it even includes trophies which i was surprised to see and uh, it's supposed to bridge the gap between two and three, but and free forget, is free. If you have a uh, if you have a PlayStation Plus account, it's currently free right now to get the Handsome Collection, so you can get that. The Handsome Collection includes all DLC for Borderlands Two, um, and then if you are on Xbox and you have Xbox uh, Game Pass, Game Pass yeah. then you get the Handsome Collection included with that as well. And if you're on PC and you don't have any of these game passes or anything like that, why don't you uh, go ahead and hit us up? We may we may have a code or two available to hand out. So yep. go ahead and yep. uh, uh, send us an email to Jason, Chris, or Eric, or anything at ibeatitfirst.com for your chance to win. Yay! Yay. First come, first serve. Borderlands <laughs> for everyone. Portland's All right, strong. Chris. Uh, yeah, so my next one, I'll go with uh, Stronghold Warlords. Oh, which, right, yeah. Hey, a new Stronghold game's coming out, and it looks <laughs> dope. Remember how uh, dope Stronghold game Stronghold was? I do. Would you like another one? I would. Would. Well, here you go. <laughs> would you like it all in the Far East? I would, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Man, play Vietnam, China, Japan, or the Mongolians? Sign me Mongolians? the fuck up. 
Mongolians. Mongolians. <laughs> Build your own Great Wall. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can. With oxen. Which, yeah, it was you totally can. dope. Yeah, and then exploding oxen. <laughs> yes. And uh, another thing I like is they did say there's going to be a, like a free play in invasion mode. Yep. Which I remember playing back in the day on Stronghold and loving the fuck out of where I just, hey, let me just try to build the best castle I can, see how it stacks up. Well, we didn't get a chance to play it. Um, we talked about this on the on the podcast of like, well, well, you know, you didn't actually play the game. However, the learning curve for this game if in order to get a good actual demo would have been the entire hour that we had with them yeah just to get a yeah. good learning on that especially since they didn't i mean it's still very pre-alpha so they didn't yes. have any kind of like build ready or anything like that so yeah they but what they had was great yeah look good oh yeah look solid look ready to go almost the tactics yeah. behind it the um differences between previous stronghold games I think are there, and it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out over the years. And what they showed us of the warlord system. Right. Of where you have the yep. individual warlords that all do different aspects and control different aspects. And you can really, like, if someone's not paying attention, you can take over a warlord, then go to attack them. And they'll be like, oh, it's okay. I've got this warlord up here that's going to protect you. Oh, shit. I don't have that warlord anymore. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah, I think that that game looked great. Um, everything that I saw, it and played I, I really like how like the resource management, or like how you see your uh, citizens, whatever, getting resources. You can watch it through the whole thing, yeah. whether they're cutting down bamboo tree, walking it over, chopping it up, or they're uh, smelting steel, having a guy mining jump on them. Ore. Mining ore. mining ore, then smelting it, yeah. And then loading up the oxen. I thought that was dope. Like, they, they really are putting a lot of time and effort into this, which I think is great. All right, my next one, Final Fantasy VII Remake. This one's a pretty safe one, obviously. Um, we are going to get into something that we just found out uh, post-E3 that was finally confirmed, though. Game looks great, plays great. Um, the way that they have the new ATB system to where you can go around and continually slash, and while you're waiting for the ATB to, to build up, much like what you did in Final Fantasy VII, um, you still have like other things to do, and you can dodge, and you can run around and do all sorts of things, and you can switch between characters on the fly and do you know, everything. So as you watch like Barrett's ATB gauge fill up as your cloud, you can switch over to Barrett as soon as he's ready and fire lightning and all that. The thing that I don't like that we didn't find out until after this. Nah, save it. Save it for the uh, corrections. Save it for uh, the corrections. We're just doing an awards right now. Nah. <laughs> All right. But beautiful game. Completely redone score. Um, it's, I think, I think a very good representation of what Final Fantasy should be. Um, and I, I think that it's a good, I think it's good because if they just remade graphically Final Fantasy VII but kept the ATB system, um, I don't know if people would like it as much. So I think that this is a, a good compromise to speed up battle without actually speeding up battle. All right. Jason? So my next one is Eldest Souls uh, by Fallen Flag and CI Games. And uh, this is a very early on game, and it falls the, the obviously it's a Souls-based game based on the name alone, but it's a, a <laughs> 2D uh, isometric view. Think Titan Souls, where it's just constant bas boss battles, but now you actually have a full moveset and sword and shield. And so if you love the whole aspect of Souls games, of learning a boss's techniques, learning their tells, 
dodging, doing all you can to try and get back by them, and each one being a challenge. Uh, kind of along the lines of Fury and stuff like that, uh, where instead of being a shooter style, it's more of a, a sword and shield, then you're just going to love this game. The The art style drew me in immediately. I think it looks so gorgeous and, and dark and mysterious, and it's an exploration style game in itself. And then all the battles are just these epic gargantuan boss battles from werewolves to angels and demons. It just looks awesome, and I can't wait to get my hand on more information as we go, played it, I played it damn well, and I enjoyed the crap out of it, and I'm looking forward to getting more information. Game looked good. Um, I didn't get to see the full in-depth piece because I had to go off to another demo, but the parts that I saw of it in the trailers and everything looked really, really good. Yeah, it looked Chris. solid. You, uh, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they did say that it was... It was Fast, but I don't know. And they, they probably say that to all their their media people. Yeah. Ooh, you're so, oh, you're, you're so, so good, good at games. Look how good gamer you are. Ooh, you <laughs> want a bottle of water? Hey, nah, it's better than what we usually hear of. Wow, uh, no one's broken the game yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Thanks for breaking our game. The the three of us were pretty equal this year. Yes, on breaking we were pretty games. equal at breaking yeah. games. <laughs> Sorry, do devs. You, do you want your game tested? Send yes. it to us. Yeah, send it to us. We'll it, we'll find your bugs. Yeah, we'll fuck everything up. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, so I didn't have a fifth one, so here's my final fourth one, which is Biomutant. Um, we played it a little bit on the first day on the show floor, but only like 10 minutes in a game that was already kind of started. So I didn't really get a good experience for it. But then on the final day, I went back and played it through from the beginning with sound on. I really enjoyed it. There's, you got kind of like this martial arts combat to it, but you also have a gun. Um, as you, was it like create characters? So you actually choose your fur type, your fur colors, fur length. Yeah. And as Fulfill you kinda, all your furry fantasies. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, as you kind of, you kind of build up like this gauge too. And then once you can leash it, you can hit it and just pretty much fuck people up with your martial arts skills. As you're so just, I didn't realize that you were able to change and choose who you, what you looked like. Yeah. That's because we jumped in the middle of someone else's game. That's true. Yeah. So to... <laughs> like we all did. We all jumped on yeah. three different consoles, all that had games currently running. Yeah, we're just like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Um. So it, it's, you know, it's third person action. So you're fighting yep. and stuff like that, pulling off combos and moves. Uh, there seem to be you some special abilities. You also get a mech, abilities. too. I'm sorry. What? Later on. You yeah, get you... a mech? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of things better. Not Rage yes. 2, but makes a lot of things better. Yes, um, and one of your arms is like this power arm where you can kind of charge it up and hit for stronger. And there's some like doors and like block paths that you kind of have to do that to clear it. And so you actually see the doors like start to deform and then like fly the fuck off, which is pretty cool. Interesting. Nice. So what what set it above and beyond from another any other action uh, third person style game? Uh, I just thought the uh, narration of it and some of the cool things you could do, and it was just it ran really solid. It was really fun. Um, there's a section of it where you kind of become like this mucus ball to like jump over to kind of clear stuff. But you also, if you land on an enemy, they get like stuck on the outside of it. So you get a little mini Katamari Demartisi or whatever it's called. Yep. <laughs> That's hilarious. Nice. Alrighty. Okay. So for my final one, um, we went into a demo thinking that we were going to probably give an award to one game and we ended up walking out <laughs> giving an award to a second game that that we played during that demo 
Moons of Madness, which is a first-person uh, horror survival, but not even game. like really survival, but it's like a it's a horror mystery game Adventure that takes game. place on Mars. Yep, the moon, on Mars, something like that. Um, we played for probably about 20, 30 minutes. Um, graphically, it's amazing. Sound was awesome. Uh, exploration was great. Um, I mean, I there I didn't really see a problem with the game whatsoever. Like, I couldn't pick out one single fault on this game. Yeah, if you like adventure games, mm. this one is just, like, so spot on. Like, I think the big thing of it is the graphically it was so amazing. Like, it missed, man. Like, if you took Mist and made it into a, a current-gen right-now game, this would probably fit right into it. And then if you added, like, freaky jump scares and monsters, hey, you know what? All the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they even made it so that it's like if you run for too long, your character gets winded and you start hearing more hearing more sound, which I'm assuming later on will, will play a role because the, like whatever's chasing you might be able to hear you more and stuff like that. Um, so if they continue that on with it, I think that that'll be great. Uh, this game is also like hadn't heard anything about it. It's coming out in October. Comes out on Halloween. Looks awesome. I, I think yeah, it's it PC only right now, though. No, it's PC, uh, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, the game, yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, and they said that it's, it should be coming out on all three platforms on Halloween. Awesome. Which I think will be great. Um, and like I said, we went in we went in to play Conan Chop Chop and thought maybe that was going to be it. And I was pleasantly surprised by Moons of Madness. Yeah, yeah I would I would have sat there and played the game for the full hour. Yeah, I, I'd have sat there and played the game the rest of the day. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, just... I didn't have much to do. You guys had to go to uh, go to Jason's fifth one <laughs> to see it. Um, I didn't really have anything to do for a while. I, I would have loved to have just sat down and played that game for longer. So, Jason, go on ahead and give us your... Is this your... Yeah, this is your third safe safe one i did a lot of a lot of a lot of safe ones this time <laughs> and this is cooking mama pokemon for dinner yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm just obviously that game would be too dope um that no, game would be awesome it would be fucking amazing <laughs> cook your own pikachu pika um pika stir fry pika stir fry yes. Ooh, electric stir fry with a lot to buzz mm. and pikachu extra oh, spicy man. extra spicy Put that spicy boy in there. Right. Execute. Okay, give, give the real Execute name. fried rice. <laughs> the real game Cyberpunk. And, uh, Cyberpunk um, 2077. Cyberpunk 2077. Thank you for giving me Also known time. as Keanu Reeves Simulator 2077. Except you don't play as Keanu Reeves, unfortunately. Yeah, you can be anything in this game except for Keanu Reeves. That's so I'm pretty sure his character's dead. Well, yeah, he's a ghost, yeah. basically. Um, anyway, the story is very intriguing. I don't want to go too much into the story of what they showed, um, just because it, 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 there's so much to it that's going to be whatever that you want to do for the game. But and they what, did say that this entire gameplay thing that you guys were able to see will be available at PAX as well. Right. Yes. Yep. And the thing that I really wanted that kind of blew me away was the customization on every minutia detail of your character and how you want to play is completely up to you. Um, you know, previous games have kind of hit on it, but, you know, the, really what they had on not only how to navigate through the level, whether it be like hacking through like security cameras and whatever you want to do or just strong arming and busting down doors, that's great and all. But what was really interesting was the boss battles on how you can overcome bosses different ways it had a very uh um oh god what's the what's the uh, uh not system shock system shock was the original shadow of one. Colossus? 
Not Shadow of, but no. of what? No. Sisters. What? <laughs> Shadow of what? No. Uh, uh, Deus Ex. Had a very Deus oh, Ex okay. uh, um, feeling about it. Which I would it, hope so. Yeah. Future like, cyberpunk. Oh, future cyberpunk, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not just in like the, the feeling of it like artistically, but just on how like you can choose your abilities and how you're going to play the game. So just like in Deus Ex, you can play all of cyberpunk without killing a single person if you want to. And that, that's kind of like one of those things just like, hey, that's kind of cool on how you can decide how you want to play and adds just a limited amount of uh, replay. And how to murder and not murder people. Right. Yep. Um, the main reason, though, that I kind of wanted to more or less give the award away was just because their award wall was sick as fuck, and I was like, I got to get our name up on that award wall because it was dope looking. But then also because <laughs> their little intro area for uh, press and for people that had an appointment was awesome. It was decorated with all kinds of stuff, with ads, adverts. It, it really looked like a bar set in the city of Cyberpunk 2077. And Night City. Night City. It, it was it was really well done, and the amount of decoration and time they spent into it is something that I haven't seen since E3 of 2004 on the dedication that they put into it. So that was really cool to see. And I think, so I'll, I'll say this, uh, there was no playable demo. Um, for the game and it's perfectly fine when it comes to a game like this it's a very large scale game and generally if there's a demo it's either okay we pretty much have the entire game ready and you can play like starting from the save game like i like we did with the uh with god what was the the nis game we played oh shit uh tales trials trials of cold steel yep yeah Tales of Cold Steel, um, where we played that, and they're basically like, this is the entire game yeah. right now. This isn't a demo, you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, like, like, if you want to, you can try and beat the game in the 20 minutes that you're here, but you're not going to be able to. But um, yeah, they basically had the entire game, and they just had a save file that they kept loading up so that people all started at the same piece. Um, it's either that, or they have to specially go in and build a demo and that takes a lot of time especially when you're in crunch time towards the end of of the dev cycle i don't fault if if they don't have a demo all the time right and they're um, definitely not going to get one out before release so yes they and it, for such a large game it'd be pointless to make a demo because you'd have to drop somebody in to into like the middle of fire and they'd have to learn the control scheme like immediately and that just won't work um, so I think that it's perfectly fine that this game didn't have a demo. Um, unlike one game that I really wanted to give an award to, but was unable to give an award to because it didn't have a demo for me to play, which I was perfectly fine. I was like, oh, well, you know, I wanted to give an award to this game, but basically what they showed me was like was like this hodgepodge of like it had game and they just ran from like one dot to another and it switched to like different parts of the game. Um, and then we find out that as soon as E3 is over, there's a full fucking demo up on Steam. Yep. <laughs> and that's Chris Tales. Looks amazing. Um, has an amazing setup. And I really wanted to give it a fucking award. If only they had that goddamn demo at the E3 you show had, floor. You had like a press conference, like not a conference. I had a 30-minute press showing for this game. Like they could have easily just been like, hey, for press only, here you go. We don't want to show the regular people. That's understandable. Nope. But they didn't even have that. Nope. <laughs> and so they're just like, hey, anyone not attending E3, play our fucking game. <laughs> and this game, if you if you go back and you listen, um, this was was this the last day that I did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it was the last day. So you go back and listen to day five. 
Um, this game is beautiful, um, and it's got a lot going on, so I can't wait to play this game, but it's not coming out until, like, 2020, which sucks, but... Maybe they'll be there again next year, and we'll be able to give them one then. Yes, maybe. I did play the demo. Yeah, Chris played the demo. Chris, how's the demo? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, one thing is I kind of like about it is the time jumps that you have. Mm -hmm. So once you unlock that kind of ability, you can see the future past and the present all kind of once kind of split through three sections of your screen so you see like in people town being old and young you kind of solve puzzles by sending your little talking frog with the top hat either to oh the past God, that frog is awesome <laughs> <laughs> especially when you send it back in time and it's a tadpole yep but in if you send it forward in time it's a big fat toad <laughs> <laughs> it is great um, did they, did the demo have anything where you had to choose between, uh, between saving the apothecary or keeping a family from going homeless? Yes. Which did you choose? The apothecary. Yes. Like the smart person. So we're playing, <laughs> we're sitting there in the demo and they put up a show, they put up hands and it was four to five apothecary to save the fucking family. <laughs> and I even called everybody out and it was like. <laughs> it was just like, come on, guys. I mean, soon the, the family would be great, decision. but you know, people need their fucking medicine. There's so many more other people that could be harmed by the apothecary not being there. Fucking retards. Yeah, Anywho. And, yeah, and then you go back to fighting, and then you have a boss battle. And one of the kind of interesting with the boss battle was that this gigantic shield. You can't really do anything to him. But hey, you got a buddy who just joined you in your battle named Christopher. He's got water magic. Oh, guess what? Maybe, well, huh? Their shields made of steel. If we shoot them with water, and then I time jump and jump them into the future, now the shields are rusty and their defense is down, and we can fight it out. Except they're stronger. So one of the one of the yeah. keys that I like is that if you go, if you send them into the past, and they uh, and they may not be as strong, but they're faster and they can do more attacks on you. But if you send them into the future, they may not be as fast, but they could have more hit points and be stronger, or they could have access to magic that they didn't previously have access to like all sorts of things so the time frame that you put them into definitely takes place so i th i think that that's awesome yeah yeah they weren't they didn't right. have a playable demo move on yep all <laughs> right so e3 corrections that we had yay we're not right all the time and, and we a call lot of people, random bullshit <laughs> a lot of people were and okay so this was being reported pre-e3 all on conjecture and nobody had anything and then when Square did their press conference for Final Fa or did their full press conference and they brought out people to talk about Final Fantasy 7. They were very unclear. They said that it's a complete story and then they talked about Midgar and they're like and then we found out that when you do Midgar it itself is a complete could be a complete game. But the entire game takes place on two Blu-rays and all sorts like they went back and forth on what like I, I don't know if it's bad translation, they didn't get their point across, what but they actually ended up going um, on Saturday and putting out a Twitter like post in order to clarify everything. A big, long post basically saying that Final Fantasy VII Remake, even though it doesn't have a part one or anything in the name, ends at the escape from Midgar. <laughs> Which we kind of all had a like itchy feeling in the we back of our minds about. We had an itching feeling, but we thought that maybe we, maybe we were wrong on it. Um, that you know, like the fact that they said that it's that it's Final Fantasy VII remake, no part one or anything like that. Um, that everything is taking like 
they fit everything onto two Blu-rays, like they had to, which means that the Battle of Midgar takes, like, or the Escape of Midgar is two Blu-rays full of shit. Which is which awesome. Which is insane. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's two fifty-two gigabyte yeah. filled. Yeah. With yes. plus, I'm yeah. sure download stuff too. Yeah, that like, is a lot. That is a lot, a lot. And so I'm like, pissed off at this because the it's. It was so unclear. It was very unclear. And, yeah, like, and the fact that you can't call it Final Fantasy VII Remake and have it only go to Midgar. Right. It, it, why isn't it Remake Volume 1 or Remake yes. Part 1 or Remake yes. Disc 1? I mean, you could you could have had so much fun with this to like really play back to our nostalgia on it. Because, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, when you first got that and you had like that double-wide double like case yeah. the first time, you're like, this is dope. Oh, my God, I can't wait. And they could have done that, too. They could have been like, hey, look, here's this quadruple wide fucking like titanic briefcase of a fucking game for you and the thing that really pisses me off is that disc one didn't end at the at the evacuation of Megar. no it ended after Eris died no you went you went all the way up to the city of the ancients and everything like that before disc one ended because then disc two ended right before uh right before meteor was gonna fall and disc three was hey you can go fight sephiroth or you can explore this entire world right that i remember and I remember yeah. disc two so being... the it doesn't even end at the disc end pot we were talking about this earlier today and it's like if it ended at the disc end spot be a little bit more forgivable but it doesn't well you got I... out of midgar and then immediately like go to the next town and then you have to then you're on like this chase to go through and that's when you fight like that giant serpent and all sorts of stuff the thing that pisses me off too is just like all right like they're making an incredibly detailed world and all that stuff like that and that's great and i'm glad that you know if they do this to the entire game sweet but then how many parts are we talking here like exactly am i I now paying for 10 games to get this whole they don't even know yeah they don't even know. No. And it's so, ridiculous. like, is this going to be a $600 game at the end of the day across two platforms that's just going to be, like, crazy convoluted? That sounds super Japanesey, but still, that's nuts. So, we'll wait and see. The verdict is out. Um, it actually did piss me off. If I had known that this was, I probably wouldn't have given it an award. You literally said on day five that if it is like that, you're not buying it. <laughs> yeah. It's super fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> I really don't want to give them money for that. So we'll wait and see cost-wise and when they finally start giving us more information about when the next installments are going to be. If, like, I buy the game and they're like, okay, and the next installments are included, that's fine. No chance. But even, man. like, the collector's edition that they showed doesn't say anything about, like, a season pass or anything like that. It's, it's not just, like, season. that big... Each one's going to be its own game. They're going to have their own yeah. collector's edition, own $250 thing. You're going to be able to buy a collector's edition with each character. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, it's yeah. going to be at least eight characters. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Anywho... All right, uh, the next Xbox, Jason. Do you wanna you wanna correct yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I was like so solid, like I was just like, hey, with the sad edition, not having an optical disc drive, why would the next Xbox have one as well if they're just gonna put all this focus on making it, hey, cloud gaming and all that good stuff like that? So I was sh- for sure that uh, uh, the next Xbox would not have. What's the stupid thing? Uh, uh, it's that actress's name, Scarlet. Scarlet. That I was sure oh, that Xbox Scarlet, Xbox Scar- Johansson, Scarlet Johansson, <laughs> which would sell thousands more copies just by name alone. Um, but I was we could sure call that- it the Xbox. Frankly, frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, right. 
No. <laughs> um, that's for all the people that are over 80 watching, listening to this podcast. Um, Xbox Scarlet, I was for sure that it wasn't going to have an optical disc drive. I was just like, no way. They're, they're not going to keep a Blu-ray around and stuff like that. Keep paying royalties to Sony for all that just like that. However, we have confirmed that it will. Phil Spencer went on the record saying that it will have an optical drive not of a blu-ray anything about it maybe they're going to make a new one that's just no they won't they already they have already tried doing that stuff nintendo did too they made that whole like specialized disc for the wii u that then if it got too hot or too cold would have issues playing games (laughs) i don't think they're going to microsoft learned their lesson don't try and hit your horse to something that isn't working or anything like that like they did with hcdvd just go to Blu-ray and continue to pay Sony royalties. <laughs> so good on them, I guess. Uh, I, that makes me slightly well, happier. Well, now they got Sony paying them royalties for xCloud. Uh, maybe. Maybe. We'll wait yeah. and so see maybe what it cancels all comes out. out of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just like that, we'll give you some clouding. You give us an optical drive. We'll call it a wash. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. I mean, maybe we'll see. That makes me a little bit happy knowing that there's a disc drive, just because the chances of it being not all digital and still being able to share games is still alive because that's that's yes. my eventual fear with going all digital and all on the cloud is that you'll never own or be able to share games ever again all right i think that's all that we have for corrections wow which is good that's there's not too like bad three yeah. there's only like we're, three corrections so we're pretty good bad. yeah we, we um, make up random bullshit all the time and to know that we're mostly right that's i think that's pretty good <laughs> So other small little bits of uh, of information that's come out since E3, um, there's continual speculation that speculation that the next Breath of the Wild game, which was announced at the end of the Nintendo press conference on Tuesday, uh, will have multiplayer capabilities. Oh man, th- th- this is so like obvious to me. I mean, I think, I think we talked about it even on day three day, maybe yeah, day three after the nintendo direct i was just like yeah she just got that make me a multi- uh, playable character haircut going on like where you don't have to animate hair anymore so why not make her playable and she's got a short haircut yep not quite a pixie but it's shoulder length so definitely uh could be something that's on and there's been speculation uh the director of the game has gone on saying that like he'd like to take things that he's learned from making Breath of the Wild and make another multiplayer game like uh, Legends of Hyrule or whatever it was. Um, So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's nothing else that's out there other than sheer speculation on it. Right. But more people are talking about it again since they announced that Breath of the Wild 2 is in production. Um, Rod Ferguson... (laughs) This one's great. <laughs> so Rod Ferguson, who's part of the Coalition, um, who's making the Gears of War games now for Microsoft, used to be a director at Epic Games. And he has gone on record saying that he tried to cancel Fortnite. Rod Ferguson is our new hero. <laughs> <laughs> or or idiot. I mean, I, I, no. would, I would dare any of us to be like, hey... Here's this annoying piece of shit game that it'll just annoy the crap out of you, but I'm going to give you like $15 million. His whole thing is so that he was there um, before they decided to scrap making the Save the World thing, which you can still buy. It's still technically in pre-release. Um, but he said that he it would not have passed his, his quality bar, and he tried to cancel it. 
If I stayed at Epic before I left, I tried to cancel Fortnite. When it was Save the World, that was a project that had some challenges, and as the director of production at the time, the game would not have passed my bar for something that we should continue to keep going. Um, and this is saying that basically the the non-free-to-play version of Fortnite is shit, which it is. Yep. And it never would have passed his, his bar. Now, for something that's free, that's a whole other question. But, God, I wish that he got his way and we didn't have Fortnite to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, they know, do have pretty I, good popcorn and cookies at E3. That they did true. have pretty they good popcorn. Have, they did have the best popcorn of E3. I'll give them that. Um, I don't know. Fortnite has its place. The fact that all the kids are playing that or Minecraft and staying out of my games that I, I don't want to deal with them on, more than fine with me. All right. Uh, the one other piece that I have that just got announced onto the Google Play Store a little bit before we started recording this is Dr. Mario World. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shut up. There's a new Dr. Mario game coming out on mobile. Oh, ah, boo, boo. Everyone has phones, right? I mean, you have phones. I I have a phone. Don't you guys have phones? (sighs) Aside from Dr. Mario being one of the most frustrating games ever played back in the day and being one of my favorite characters in Super Smash, I have no desire to play it on the phone. Oh, no, Jason. Look at that. Dr. Mario World. What, did you download it? No, it's you have to pre-register oh, for okay. it. Yeah, Pass. so you can pre-register for it right now. Um, it like I said, it just came up. Uh, it came up literally like an, a half an hour to an hour before we started recording this. But you also get to play as Doctor Peach and Doctor Bowser. <laughs> oh, if we're gonna do uh, mobile game shills, uh, I stayed true to my word on episode five of E3, and I downloaded Skullgirls for Alan. Yeah, and you know, you know what? For a Gachapon game. It's kind of a fun little fighter. So it is a Gachapon mm-hmm. fighter game. Uh, it's less Gachapon than uh, um no oh god fighter the, whichever one that you were all balls deep in Dokken Battle Dokken or Battle. Legends. Um, because it is still a true fighter, but at the end of the day, you know, you earn your your little perks that you unlock and want to merge characters together and keep trying to unlock more. And yeah, it's it still follows the typical. Uh, mobile game tropes, but as far as the controls go for a fighter game and Skullgirls fighter game, you know what? I, I'll, I'll enjoy it. All right. Speaking of which, I I booted up my PS3 to transfer my my data over for Borderlands 2 and started going through my games and sent a picture to Alan because I had Skullgirls on my PS3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's old school right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's it for news. Um, that's also it for our E3 coverage, I think. Oh, man, Except I am so glad to be to-, to be done with E3 a little bit. <laughs> nope, we're not done with E3. No! Because we have Chris on the choppy block for You Are Wrong Because Reason. E3 edition! Right, so as we said, it is the E3 edition of You Are Wrong Because Reasons, and Chris, what did we decide on? Uh, what was it? Things to things to do at E3? Doing don'ts of E3? What? What? No. <laughs> Top five things to know about E3. That's it. If you are going to E3, what do you need to know? So, <laughs> so are we talking like like gamers or just everything? Just, just people in general. This anybody. Is... Okay. Primarily gamers, but. Anybody. I, yeah, I kind of want everything. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. So we'll start you off with number five. Uh, do we want to do honorable mentions? Oh, you have an honorable mention of things that you should know about E3? <laughs> yes. Definitely go for it. <laughs> uh, honorable mention is, this is not a con. You shouldn't cosplay unless you're paid by a company to do that for their game. Yes. <laughs> Professional. However, yes. however... This should be in your top five. <laughs> this is not an honorable mention. This is not a fucking con. This is a business. I'm yes. sorry. The ESA feels differently. The ESA would love nothing more than for people to shell out all kinds of money to attend this thing like a con because they don't give a fuck and just give them free money. And if anything, this should be not in the top five because it works as a great warning to gamers being like, you don't have access to everything. You're going in this thing to get a view and look at the stuff that is publicly available. If a booth or anybody doesn't want to make it publicly available, you ain't going to see it. So yep. I heard, like, my biggest complaint that I heard, especially while we were, like, waiting around hey, for hey, stuff. Hey, 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 hey. Does that have anything to do with whether or not you should be wearing a costume? <laughs> Fair enough. No costumes. Let Chris, let Chris do yeah. his top five. I'm about to cover like three of them in my rant. I, yes, smart. Smart. Was, I was smart. just agreeing with him and said that it should be in his top five, though. All right, Chris. So number five. Uh, don't sell your swag immediately. Um, we got some sweet-ass jackets from Cyberpunk. And before even E3 was over... People were selling them on eBay for four dollars. Jesus, Jesus Christ! It's like you got this awesome stuff from this company for checking out their shit. Don't just go turn around and try to make a profit off it. Well, and especially these are the people that they should be industry. Like yeah. not everybody. Industry got the and media. Be a douche. Fucking people. Four hundred dollars. That's insane. That's right. crazy. I'm gonna. Yeah. I gotta list something for sale. No. <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's a dope-ass jacket. I'm not selling it. Yep. Number four. Uh, word deodorant or just general hygiene in general? Put on some. Uh, we did not hear anything that you just said. Let's redo that. Oh, I saw yeah. something that just popped up said your connection is unstable. Yeah, yeah we need, we need to sucks. wait a minute and then like reset at number four. So number four. Number four. Is oh to wear deodorant. Oh my God, Chris. Stop. <laughs> number four. Number four is wear deodorant. <laughs> Shower. <laughs> use some fucking... Isopropyl alcohol, you know, some hand sanitizer. Cause... Sanitation is a big part. And yes. Yes. Shower. Shower, bathe. Dear all Lord, stuff shower. Like that. Th- yes. This this year, at least to, in my opinion, maybe we didn't spend as much time on the floor this year, but I didn't feel like it was that bad. Um, people were a little, you know, sweaty, whatever, but I didn't feel like that I ever got stuck behind someone. It, just like, good God. It was not as prevalent. However, it did still happen. Well, yeah, it's still, I, you still have I a bunch of people. Some, I had some gnarly people that I was standing next to. Also, in keeping with that, because I think that this kind of goes with the wear deodorant, don't crop dust. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uncouth. <laughs> Go outside and fart in a corner like everybody else. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was like, you know what? That was my big issue this year is yeah, that people were just issue. constantly farting. I, I probably turned to Chris about at least like five times. Just like, did you beef it? <laughs> Wasn't me. No, I hold it in like a man. <laughs> I didn't. Right. I, I beefed it everywhere. <laughs> All right. Number three. Uh, number three is don't push and shove. I know yes. we're a huge crowd, and once the doors open, everyone's a rush. But hey, we're all industry, we're all gamers, we're all fucking media, we're all... Don't push each other. There's no reason for it. Have some respect. Have some decency. And um, I think that this is... It plays well into, you know, like, kind of expected some of that from the gamers. 
because some of them just like they're just super excited to go in there. I did not expect that level of bullshittery. And I still, I never do, and it still happens. I don't expect that from people with industry and press badges. Well, I mean, last year, uh, I think it was Kotaku did an article about how, like, even industry and media people, like, bum-rushed Hideo Kojima, you know, uh, with the Death Stranding stuff. And it was just like, dude, we're all professionals. What are you doing here? Well, there were a lot of gamers in that. Like a, a huge chunk of those were gamers in the in the Kojima one from last year, but yes, there were still media people there, and everything just trying to get his attention. It's like you know what? Sure, he's a rock star in the video game world, but he's not a rock star, and, and this is not still, a concert. Even still, you're you're not a fan boy. You're here to do a job. And, you know, like, even, like, it just blows my mind that people still don't understand that and push people around in and, and jazz. And, you know, obviously no one's, like, like shoving and punching or getting into massive fights, but it's just, like, if you were in any other, like, professional standard, like, that would be just absolutely unacceptable. And It'd be grounds for getting fired. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And it just blows my mind that people don't get that. And we were walking around the show floor. We saw lots of famous people. And all I did was I'd sit there like, oh, look, that's blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's blah blah blah. <laughs> like that's it. That's what you yep. do. You don't you don't like sit there and do it. Like sure, I would have loved to stop and get autographs, but they were walking around with other people and just like looking and looking at games and and trying to enjoy their time there as well or doing their jobs. And there's no possible way that I was going to interrupt them. The douchebag from Kotaku that I would have liked to interrupt from doing his interview, I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> nice open hand slap to the face would have been it's fantastic. Like, way to be the giant douchebag that you are. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Yep. Uh, he didn't do anything personally to me. I just know he's a giant douche. <laughs> All right. Number two. Plan out your meetings. Meetings can help you see a lot more stuff. And while also kind of plan them out where you have enough time to get to them in between. So maybe like a good 30 minutes or so between meetings is nice. Because if you have one go across halls, that can take some time. Um, and if your meeting runs over... Kind of stuff like that, and then which they always do. Yep. Yeah, or they start they start off late because something else happened in a previous meeting, or they had to go take a bathroom break because they've been stuck in that freezing cold fucking uh, room for like three and a half hours. Yep. <laughs> so, and it's you know like we double booked or we double booked some meetings, but that was because we were sending people here and there, um, and we we like butt up to some to some of our meetings so that it's like one person would be like, okay, well I have to get out on this one early, but you know what? If you're, if you're the only person doing it and you're doing that constantly, um, you're not getting the most out of your meetings. And it, it honestly, it can be a waste of a time for the devs too. Yep. Because in the middle of it, you're like, okay, well I got to cut this short. I got to go. So like, I didn't feel quite as bad of being like, like, Hey, I got to leave. These two guys are going to stay, but I have another demo that I have to get to that. I, that I could only schedule at this time. So, Mostly because you right. suck too, Eric. So <laughs> yes, this is true. All right. Number one, don't go into meeting rooms when you're not invited. Yes. Don't just open doors and walk in. And then like some gamers were sitting in some of the lines for like cyberpunk when it's already crowded over there. There's a full booth on the floor for you guys. And we're in some like, yeah, no, this is for people with meetings only. Okay. I'm just going to sit here in line anyways. No. It's like, no. This, this isn't, isn't for a line. <laughs> this Go goes, away. This goes more in line with what I was going on my rant about before. I it's thought this like, was where you are going for. Yes. Yeah, it was just oh, like. Oh, yeah, this, I knew that. That's why I was like, all right, let's, uh, 
Let's let Chris go through his list first before we start telling him <laughs> you guys everything know me that so should well. be on his list. You know me so well. <laughs> um, you know, the, this stuff isn't open to everybody. And if it says, you know, by invite only or anything like that, it usually means just that. And just a random person, you know, yeah, you paid X amount of money to be able to come in here and that's all well and good, but it doesn't give you unbridled access. And you just got to paid X amount of money to go to the show floor. Right. Yes. And that's it. You know, we all have our opinions about that and how it is, but, you know, you just got to realize that that's it. There are people that, that do this for a living or do this as as a job, maybe not making a living off of it, but <laughs> someday, <laughs> still doing someday. it. Someday. <laughs> someday. But there are people that do this for a living um, that have worked hard and done a lot of a lot of legwork to get where they are, and you're trying to crash it is just it's like kind of a slap in the face and also it's just mean and shows no respect for what's going on right. around you i mean even us scrubs you know we've put our god knows how many years into this garbage and stuff like that and trying to get where we are so i mean by by being like hey i'm entitled to whatever just because i paid money it, it is kind of like a me look to it not to yep. disparage on people wanting to do this. If this is what you want to do, that's great. Just have some decorum and taste, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and there's plenty of people that have gamer badges that that have booked meetings just because they either a couldn't get enough press passes for their for their press setup or couldn't get enough industry passes right. for their industry. So they had to get gamer badges. Um, so like we don't sit there and just look around like anybody that's got a gamer badge. We're like, ah, oh, plebs. Um, but you know, if you don't have any reason for being there, you shouldn't be there. All right, Jason, you got anything to add to that list? Yeah. Um, plan out your pack. Um, you know, yes. bags aren't, bags aren't very well, uh, allowed in. Um, so you got to really like, kind of like plan out how you're going to be able to carry all your stuff in. If you're not in media or industry, I don't even know if they're allowed to bring in a bag. I don't remember off the top of my head. They name. are. Okay. But it has to be very small. So depending on what you're doing, you may not be able to get to lunch. You may not be able to go get uh, um, something to eat. So bring bring a small snack or something like that to kind of keep you going because, you know, if anything, E3 will drain you and it will take out all of your stuff. With that in hand, almost every single year, there is a um, uh, energy drink company there just willing to pimp out their product. Learn their routines, man, because if you can get yes. that down and be able to get the energy <laughs> drinks to uh, uh, fuel your day, you're just going to be all the better off and get that going. Um, most meeting rooms as well come with water or they have brought water too. So it's a good idea to be like, hey, uh, you know, I'll take a water or anything you have. You know, yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Well. Yep. Stay hydrated, Stay folks. hydrated because you're doing a lot of talking. You're doing a lot of wandering, running around. And not every place is a freezer in there, so you might be doing a lot of sweating. Yes. Um, God, yeah. And on that uh, kind of whole plan your bags out with maybe having some snacks or trying to get some lunch, is like if you're going to Nintendo, you're probably going to be waiting in line all day. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or Without Borderlands a, 3. I mean, there was one point yeah. that we saw that it was 110 minutes and there was still a line going past it. So um, last I heard, I think at the, the peak on day two, I heard someone say that they were waiting or that the line got up to four hours, which I so, think is the same as Nintendo got to or how bad ever it got there, which is just, yeah. I can't imagine. Like, I don't I, like, so I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be disparaging. I'm just saying it to be truthful. Like you're paying like $250 or $350, whatever it is for a gamer pass. And you're going to spend half of your day waiting in line to play one, m- maybe two games and you know you don't have a game the full that's going to be out in 
three months in a couple months yeah so i mean or like, like yeah. what was it a couple years ago with arms i was like yeah this game comes out like in a week yeah, oh, that's right. And you're yeah. waiting for you're hours there, to play. You're standing game. there to play. It. Or like, Fortnite on, on the on the Switch. You know, people would have to wait for hours oh, yeah. to get in the area, and then they're playing on the on Fortnite. I'm just like number or one. Fortnite in the Fortnite area. Yeah, it, you yeah. can play it anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, so I mean, you can literally like, just, play this here on your Switch that you brought. Yes. J- just be literally. mindful of what the you're there to do and what your really goal is. Now, if you're just like the biggest like Pokemon fan and you don't mind spending hundreds of dollars just to make sure that you can get your hands on Pokemon before anybody else really, you know what? Props to you. Then here's your yep. chance. If that's not your jam, you just want to see all the games that you can, you may just better off be listening to shitty podcasts like this one. Yeah. Yep. Go and go and see as many games as you can within there. Walk the floor. I mean, there's so many times that Rather than standing in a line, I just was like, all right, well, I know that like I can go over to these areas and I didn't touch all these games and I'll just sit there and look. And then suddenly I'll see a game and I'll be like, ah, I'll give that a try. And you can definitely, like, especially at certain times of the day and whatnot, you could just walk up to some other games, like the Kill a Kill game. Yep, um, it's just on We were able kiosk. to just walk up to it multiple times. So I would definitely recommend keeping that set. Um, also what I would say is a good add on is pay attention to developers pre E3, like either the, like before the first day, uh, early in the morning or whatnot, and pay attention to what their schedules are and how they are scheduling things out. Um, Sony, they weren't there this year, but they've been notorious in the past for running their PlayStation experience system to where you download the app and you schedule times to play their games and be in their demos and everything oh, so yeah. that you don't have to worry as much about sitting there and waiting in line. You can schedule out a 2 o'clock demo and show up. And it's not quite the same as like the behind-closed-doors ones, but it gives you the ability to know like I have somewhere to be at this time and more of a guarantee that you're going to see that game. Absolutely. No, that's a good point. Yep. And so... Uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you'll take these things and be able to make a, a far better E3 experience for yourself. Because really, at the end of the day, what we're there for is just to learn and have as much fun as possible. All right. And I think on that note, we are done with E3 2019 yes. completely. This is the last that we will talk about it. It's <laughs> passing. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, as we've always said, you can find us on all podcasting platforms. So if you have friends that you, that listen on different platforms, just send them our way. Uh, you can actually send them to uh, wave.link slash IBIF uh, to see where to get a direct link onto each of our podcasting platforms. Um, you can also find us Facebook, I beat it first com Twitter, uh, Instagram, I beat it first Tumblr, you know, all the major social media platforms uh, as I beat it first and email any of us. Eric, Jason, Chris at ibeatitfirst.com. E3 uh, at ibeatitfirst. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll find yeah. us. And as we said, if you have a PC and are looking for a copy of the Handsome Collection or Xbox Game Pass PC for a month, shoot us a note. We, we, may, we might be able to help you out. Something, yeah. yeah. Um, last note that I have, too, is that if you like us nerds talking about nerd shit, we also have another podcast called Cutscene, and it's where we talk about anime, and we watch anime series and then talk about them as well. And I won't delve too deep into it, but it's if, if I just said anime, you're just like, oh, I like anime. Check us out. All right. Chris, do you have anything else to add? I don't think I do. Just enjoy your week and we'll see you soon.
right, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Back to the normal IBIF programming on normal IBIF time and normal IBIF day.